Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, everybody. The NFL season is in full swing, and you might not be at the games this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. What's up, y'all? This is your man, Lloyd Spence. And I am excited about all the things that's going on at betonline.ag. Some incredible lines this week. You got to go check them out. From the game spreads and the totals to team and player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there is always my favorite, the online casino as well, because it never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Tell them your man Lloyd sent you on over. Hey, y'all. I hope y'all are ready to make some noise. Kenyatta Spence, are you ready? Shake Anderson, are you ready? And Mr. Talking Noise himself, Lloyd Spence, are you ready? If you clicked on this podcast, then that must mean that you're ready for Talking Noise, the daily podcast. Well, if you're ready, then come on, let's make some noise. What's going on, everybody? We are here this morning, bright and early, talking noise. Lloyd Spence, it's your boy, uh, Uncle Noise, shaking the foundation for the truth. Look at it. Look at it. He's grooving. He's grooving early this morning. I like I'm loving this show, man. But. You want to do something with that intro, though? Real talk. You want you want you want to call the, the writer and be like, "Hey, man, we need to collab on this. We got some. Uh, we got some fun." But I, but I, but it does make me think of, uh, you know, I, I don't know, man. I was thinking of um, 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 "Get Off" by Prince. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's one of my favorites. One of my favorites. Yeah. That was an amazing crew. And then, of course, there's Mrs. Spence up there looking oh so delicious with the red lipstick popping like a little mama. I see you, girl. I see you. Your lipstick is cool. Your lipstick is popping. All right. You, you know, Uncle Noise, you got a little mama, right? You know what little mama is, right? Little mama? Yeah. A little mama, little mama, little 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 mama, the rapper slash stage jacker, the original. I was gonna say, not Jay. Everybody thinks it's Kanye, but little mama was the original stage. The original jumped on stage and tried to steal a moment. Oh wow! No, when was this? This was years ago. This was right when the 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 day Jay Z uh, debuted New York. 
When yeah. I read the keys, yeah. At the end of the show, little mama popped on stage, was like, yo, everybody's like, what are you doing? Oh wow. And she yeah. hasn't been heard from since. She had been, yeah. It, listen, that killed her career. That one moment listen, of excitement destroyed her career. Listen, you just here's a subject that I've been wanting to deal with for a long time. Okay. Career killers. I want you know what I'm saying? Like, we gotta do that. That's good. You know what I'm who, who did cause because I mean you think about it, it's been some serious. It's you. It's been like, you that were like, oh yeah, I'm talking about Say it again. No, just just artists. You just that one moment they was riding high, I mean, booming, and then bam, yeah. you never heard from them in life. And she was riding high. If y'all remember, she had the the hit songs. She had the collabs that was popping. They wow. had that judge on that dance yeah, show. Yeah, she was on that dance show. She was like, she was about to start doing movies, and the suit. That, and that that little moment that she had on that stage was about sixty seconds. She Killed everything in her career. Everything. We coming back to that. We definitely coming back to that show. Dude, we gotta do it. You know, yeah, I'm gonna go back to the pop artist that she was on. She was on Saturday Night Live, and the track she's supposed to be playing live. Oh yeah, uh, Britney Spears' sister. Yes. Yeah. Killed her career. Killed her. I mean, totally. Yeah. You're yeah. like, wow. They like was, you mean you really can't sing? Yeah, that was that was not good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we, we gotta do a show on that. We gotta definitely do a show on that. We might need to do a a, a weekly series because it's probably a hundred artists that have had that. You know, what right, you about so we're opening up with on the show. We might do that show this week just for the fun. We gotta do it, man. Yeah, just for the fun. Of, we might do a whole segment of just career killers. Yeah, I like that. I like that very much. Though. Yeah. Well, listen. Today is a, is a obviously a very. I appreciate the laugh and the joy like that because today is a very somber day, and uh, we are trying to um, deal with some interesting things today. And and I, and I got a kind of an introspective uh, that I'd like to share and introduce as our topic today. So last night I I, I picked up my little brother who flew in from Germany mm -hmm. uh, for today's uh, uh, services for my dad, and. Um, he he's been living there for quite a while. He's been living overseas, period. You know, for a while. He came to visit for like a couple of weeks back uh back a year or two ago. But he's been over there just consistently living, whether it was in Germany or Egypt or other places he's gone or whatever. And so he has not been in America for a while. And I've been trying to tell him, I said, Man, listen, the America you left is not the America you're coming back to. I'm just trying to warn you, because it ain't gonna be what you think. He said, right. Okay, but he I don't think he really truly understood. So he got into the Atlanta airport last night and he was blown away at everything. Like, first of all, when he got to America, he got off the plane and got to America and saw that masks were not optional. Mm. That you have to, you can't even be in the airport without a mask. <laughs> he was like, oh man. And then he saw all of the social distancing stuff that was going on in the airport because the uh, the FAA ain't playing. They ain't not no. playing with y'all. No. So what you're not going to do on their watch, in their, in their episode, I mean, in their industry is already hanging on by a thread. So they are not playing with having a breakout in an airport. They're just not playing with that. Right. So he was shocked by that. 
But then when he got in the car with me last night and I started to unfold, because the news in Germany is different than the news in America. So he doesn't hear some of the same, uh, and he wouldn't because it's Germany. You know, they, they might touch American news, but not in the same way. So when I'm laying out things that have happened over eight or nine months, he's like, oh, my God, I can't believe this. I can't believe it. So, yeah, man, this is our new normal. So he got he got it got me to thinking with all that is going on for so many people this year and noisemakers, we would love for you. I know we're not live today, but we would love for you to comment because we want to go back and read those comments and respond to those comments. Mm -hmm. uh, we'd love to hear your perspective on what do we do with our new normal now? Like this part of our lives has changed so dramatically and all of our lives have changed so dramatically. What are we going to do with this? And and how are you planning as we get ready for the new year? So, Shake, I'm going to throw that to you first. What, what are you, do you think this is our new normal or do you think we'll ever go back to something different or what, what are your thoughts on all this? Well, I, I, I'll say it this way. Um, the first thing is, I don't believe we can ever go back because the genie's out of the bottle. And so, see, we, the thing is, it would be one thing if we, if all we were dealing with were the masks themselves, the 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 uh, virus and the masks. That'd be one thing. But because of the virus, and because of our present administration, so many things about the people in our country, the nature of our country, and even even our closest, who we consider friends and allies, so many things have been revealed that yeah. we never would have known. We never would have seen. We never. They never would have. Prime example, there's two. One is the church. If you look at what the church has revealed itself to be in the last two years, there's no going back. You, you, because to, to me, you're, you're fooling yourself if you think, oh, we just felt that way in that moment. No, no, no. You felt this way all along. It was just safe to say it all of a sudden. Because before, there were repercussions. You might get you might get a whooping for this right. and some some of the things that the church has revealed, especially the evangelical and the and the white churches. It's it's there's so much about it that they kept under wraps because they had to. Yeah, they couldn't they couldn't tell the truth? That so they it was a convenient lie. But yeah. the other thing is, my son, uh, you know, four years ago, actually it's been a little bit longer than that. I had to have a discussion with him, and I've had to have it with him um, for about at least once every couple of months after the Zimmerman situation, after George Zimmerman right. murdered Trayvon Martin. Right. I've had to have this discussion, and that is, son, you cannot wear your hoodie over your head when you go in these buildings, and when you're around anybody, you, you got to be careful to make sure you show who you are because it's very easy now within society. It's been justified. The murder of that child, because that's what Trayvon Martin was. Right. The murder of that child was justified in our society. Yeah. George Zimmer didn't go to prison. He didn't get the electric chair. As a matter of fact, they raised money for him. Yes. So that yeah. lets you know where we are in our society. So so you I have to have those speeches. But now the virus being the great equalizer, everybody's wearing hoodies. Everybody's wearing masks. Every you expect it to, which makes sense. 
But had I been being a black man gone in Walmart or Target just six, seven months ago with a mask on? Oh, man. Been shot. oh man, we've got a suspicious character robbery in progress. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you, there's no way you could have done that. You know, it's so it's you know, it's funny, Shay. Wearing a hoodie in the winter used to be one of my favorite things to do. Like, mm. that was my go-to outfit. Grab a hoodie, pop it on, head out, do my thing, throw it, throw it, throw it, throw it, fit it on, go out and do my thing. And now, and you're right, ever since Trayvon Martin, man, I, I don't do it. I, as a matter of fact, I gave my hoodie, a couple, a few of my hoodies to my wife because she uses them for our workouts and stuff in the morning. And I just, I just... You're right. I don't feel comfortable, and we and, and I, I don't know if I ever will again, because yeah, it's just. But now, you said something that was really key, man. Now we're at a place where everybody's is has been exposed. Yeah. Like so, in like the church has been exposed. Your 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 quote unquote white friends have been exposed. Yeah. Uh, and you find out who your real friends are. Well, uh, your white friends have been exposed. That's what I was going to tell you is one of my, and I listen, I still consider him a friend. I just, it just saddens me. Um, I'll say it this way. I was talking with a guy that I did a lot of work with back in the day. We did Revlon commercials, AT&T commercials. We did movie soundtracks. We wrote songs for, I mean, we were, we were, we were partners. He was, when he was li I was working in, uh, uh, living in New York. And um, he was living there as well. So we, we were just the, t the team. And I hadn't talked to him in probably three, two or three years. And so I was talking to him just uh, a couple of days ago. And I realized how truly diametrically opposed we are now. Wow. Because he agrees with, he's a Trumpian. I mean, he agrees with, you know, like like we're out of all of the unions and all the accords and all the partners partnerships. Like, you know, the um, um, scientific community, we're out of those agreements. He agrees with them. He agrees with with America not being in the uh, European Union, not being partnered with any of those, and not be, you know all those different relationships that have been severed and destroyed since uh, since. Uh, this president administration's been in office. Wow. He agrees with all of that. Wow. And, and I said, uh, he said to me, don't you agree that, you know, America doesn't need to be the police of the world and doesn't need to be the da 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 da, da. And I said, listen, I, I could agree with that, but here's what I said to him. I'm a black man in America. I don't always have time to consider world issues because I'm too busy trying to save my life and my son's life. I'm worried about walking down the street or walking in the drugstore getting murdered. I'm right. worried about my son going to school getting murdered. I'm worried about my son going to school and being and being degraded and being faced with and and the country is okay with it. Yeah. So for me to worry about a lot of foreign policy and stuff when I know this guy's an outright racist, when I know this guy has done everything he can to undermine Black people, you know, and he said, well, you know, he's got a plan. And I said, you know what, man, I've heard that from my own people. My own people say uh, Trump's got a plan for black people. Well, my question is this. 
if that's true, where was it them other four years that you've been de destroying us? Right. If, if that's true, where was it when you totally tried to have the New York Five murdered? Where was it? You never reprinted a retraction. Where was it when you were practicing unfair and uh, discriminatory practices, practices in your properties in Manhattan? Where was it when you've been a racist all your life? Right. Where is this plan? At what point does this plan go kick in? Yeah. So it's it, it's it's mighty convenient that you're down in the polls. The people start to see not all because you got a diehard 30, 33, maybe even 36 to 40 percent of white America and, and some black. They're going to ride with you no matter what, because they love what you espouse. They love what you're saying. So when we are not, there is no. This, this, to me, this is not the new normal. We've been sliding into this for at least five years, if not longer than that. There is no new normal. We are. This is our normal. This country is based on racism. It's based on classism. It's based on keeping other minorities down. So that hasn't changed. Piana, what are your thoughts on this? Do you agree with Shake? Are we in our new normal? This is where we are? Um, I'm still processing all what Uncle Noise was saying. That was a lot of uh, things to process. Um, I think about the United States um, or Americans as a whole that when you meet somebody, you generally shake hands. <laughs> and now you can't shake hands. Uh, you got to stay six feet. Uh, nobody can see your expressions. You can't see your smile. We usually, sometimes you greet somebody with a smile. You can't see the smiles. Um, uh, every, every other week, it's um, only 20% are allowed in a place. Only 30% are allowed in a place. It's mm. nonstop. So I, um, I, I, I agree with Uncle Noise because I'm discovering a lot of people who I thought were my friends. Um, or should I say they still are friends, like yeah. Uncle Noise said, but it's like I see them. Mm. You know, I see them where before, you know, we all go through the motions of what's up, how you doing, how's your family, and and, you know, things like that, because we consider this person a friend. Right. But now you see what are their private thoughts. Mm. And you like, man, that's a great point. How are you even friends with me? What you know, what is going on? You know, uh, am I just considered one of your black friends? You know, um, it's, it's just see the response to what happened to George Floyd. Um how we how we go from black lives matter to well don't all lives matter and don't the blue lives matter and you like wait a minute wait a minute my husband gave me all those hoodies i don't even put the hood on <laughs> i wear the hoods hoodies outside but trust the hood ain't on my head because yeah. i don't even want the 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 misunderstanding Right. I mean, I'm out running. I don't want to be. I 
I don't want to be a statistic like Ahmad Aubrey. Mm. I mean, I like to run. I don't want nobody to mis- say this is an opportunity to gun me down just because I want to stay in shape. I can't do that because I got a hoodie. I can't do that in my neighborhood because I might be mistaken. So I got to, wow. You, you, you caught me out guard with that, Mrs. Spence. I I'm just, when I think about the new normal, that's that's what I'm saying. Before I could just, I could just walk out of here and just go wherever I want to go. But now I got to, oh, well, I'm leaving out of here. I got I to gotta make sure I got my mask on because, you know, and then I go back to the days back when I was a teenager and my mom, who was strong civil rights activist, was like, look, make sure you got ID. Don't you leave this house without ID. When police ask you where you live, pull out your ID. I had so many personal IDs as a teenager before I got my driver's license. I didn't want to be caught with identification. But now I'm like, I want to walk out here. I want to go. But then I'm like, okay, well, now, do I have my phone in case something goes wrong? Do I have my ID to make sure I can ID? You know, do I have my mask so in case somebody pull up, you know, police pull up and say, where's your mask at? You outside the, you know, I, you know, I got to make sure I got the following things before I leave the house. But is it normal? And even that, you think about, it's like there have been guys that have been murdered for going for their ID. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The the very thing that you think, okay, this is supposed to serve to help protect me, help me present who I am. That's the very thing that can get you killed. And so it's the new normal is, it's dangerous out here in these streets. Oh, man. But but not just in the streets. People getting killed at home. I mean, I was going to say, it it used to be just dangerous in the streets. Botham Jean was eating ice cream. Come on. That's what I'm saying. On his couch. Brianna Brianna Taylor was doing what you're supposed to do at night, sleep. I'm just saying. Just sleep. Just sleep in her home. But see, that's what it is. That's the thing. You don't see, you can't know. So we can't, here's the thing. It's hard to go back because I have friends and I still call them friends, although it's stressed, but I have friends that attend church, white friends, but they've let me know where they stand by either their silence or their complicity, because either way you've said, I agree with Trump. I agree with with the, the, the church and even the church in and of itself has said, I'm rolling, this is what I'm rolling with. And they love to give the two blanket statements. You know, I'm anti-abortion and I'm anti-gay. Yeah. So it's those those two things that hang up. Now here's the reality. The when Jesus lays out sin, he doesn't say homosexuality and and leave it there. Right. He says all immorality is sin. Right. Matter of fact, when he meets uh, the woman at the well, he says to her, yeah, you've had so-and-so-and-so husbands, and the guy you got now ain't your husband. Right. But when he when she leaves, he says, go and sin no more. So there's this idea that there's these two critical things that we hang our hat on, and no matter what, we're going to die on this hill. And so what happens is the country sees the hypocrisy in that from the church. The country sees that, oh, you have no problem stealing money from and gouging businesses. And, and I'm talking about the church. You have no problem with all these other immorality, immoral, immoral acts 
But the one, the two that you got to hang up on, because don't even get me started on the the anti-abortion thing, because that's it's really it's, there's no pro-life, it's pro-control. Mm-hmm. And you know, pro-control is I want to tell you what to do with your body, and that you have to have that baby because I need to count that baby as part of the system. By the time he's in the fourth grade, I know what prison he's going to be in. By the time he's in the fourth grade, I know where he fits in the number in terms of society. But I don't want I want you to have that baby. I don't want to feed him. I don't want to educate him. I don't plan on how to take care of it. Yeah, I don't want to house him. You take care of it. Right. Yeah. Oh, uh, can I tell you that that the even the 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 welfare system or when I was growing up, my grandmother used to call it the A uh AFDC uh yeah. uh is what was the Oh my goodness. The, ourselves. That's what my grandma used to call it. Uh, she need to get some AFDC or something to help her out. But see, what's scary is it, you know, they say, well, you know, get you some government assistance, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But the government assistance is, is a system that is against family. Yeah, totally. If, if a woman is has children and she's married, they won't help you. It can't be a man that's trying to get a job for his family and uh, to feed his family and he needs some help, you know, as a family. The only way they'll help is if she's a woman by herself. Right. With children. Right. So it's like it's it's a it's like, uh, 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 you know, the 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 scale is 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 off completely because, you know, you say, wait a minute. I came to get help to get our family up on his feet. And the system is like, no. Well, you need to leave your husband. If you leave him, then we'll help you. Well, that divides up the family. How is that? Well, the, the, the child support system set up to, to undermine the family as well. Yeah. Completely designed to do that, especially the African-American family. So what, so what it sounds to me that we're saying is that our new normal has, has definitely made things worse. Like, well, it's like it's like it was already bad. We know that in this in, in the United States that it was already bad, especially if you're a minority. But now you're you're adding social unrest and COVID into what was already bad. So now think about what I'm saying. So and to your point, uh, Uncle Noise, and to uh, your point, Kenyatta, now I've broken up the family. And there's a possibility that while the while the family has been separated, I've got them separated. The man can be killed for whatever. The woman can be killed for whatever. The the, the uh, COVID could take you out. I mean, it's just so many different elements. So we're adding the, the. So can you imagine the levels of stress and frustration, anger, um, fear that have crippled us that are crippling our society. I know people are trying to put on a brave face and some people I heard uh, Judge Jenkins here in Dallas. He's the uh, judge in the, in the county clerk's office uh, that kind of runs the county clerk's office here in Dallas. Yeah, and he said something about the numbers are respiking in, in our area, in the Dallas Fort Worth area and, and Texas as a whole because of COVID fatigue. And I believe in that. I believe that there is COVID fatigue. I believe that People are tired. You know, I, I, I'm seeing friends going on going on a vacation, and in the vacation, these people are are in a pool, and they got they don't have no mat, they don't have nothing on, they just kicking it because they like we're sick of this, we're sick of it, 
And I understand the sick of it part of it. I get it. And I understand it. But at the same time, like I was explaining to my brother last night, I said, man, it's us that's dying. Yeah. Minorities are the ones that are dying at an alarming rate. The impoverished are dying at an alarming rate. So the, I understand the sick of it aspect of it, but you're also showing your hand that way too. And that's not that's not cultural. That's people. You're showing how you feel about people as well. Because if you can't chill out for just a little while longer, so now I get it, our current administration has no plan. So that's why we're voting. And by the way, vote. I'm gonna, let me put my scroll up right now. Vote. <laughs> right? Oh, my God. And by the way, uh, I was going to say this to the, for the brother, did you see? But I heard George Stapanopoulos on ABC Good Morning America today say 26 million people have already voted. Records are going to be set for this election. Mm-hmm. Now, we don't know if that's going to, those are new votes or what, how that's going to shake out in the end. But man, that's that's a very telling sign that 26 people did not want to wait till November 3rd. They were like, I'm going right now. Well, I'm telling you that a lot of the research that I was doing. <laughs> from what you can ascertain. That's right. From what I can ascertain, <laughs> that a lot of the research what I uh, was doing on all these candidates, it was astounding. Yeah. Because certain websites will show you why you why should I vote for this person? And then they go down this list of all these things that they think uh, that will help them to win. Um, and then a lot of these old um, people that have been in that position five, six years, wow. four, five, six years and stuff, they just, you know, they don't feel like they need to advertise nothing. I done been in this position. <laughs> You just gonna vote for me because you don't, you know, because mine's at the top of the ballot. I'm the first selection. Uh, and uh, all the people that you might want to consider have been the ones that have been bombarding your mailbox. Uh, this year is the year I've gotten, I mean, every day is full of advertisement for the candidates and text messages on my phone from random people telling me, Have you voted? Letters in the mail from random people. I don't even know how they got my address. Kenyatta, make sure you make it to the polls. I mean, I'm excited about it. But the research thing was blowing my mind. I was like, wow, wow. I mean, but it takes, it's time consuming. But what else do you have to do? Why not take time out and find out before you get there? Don't get there and just be staring at the thing and say, well, I'm all Democrat or I'm all uh, conservative on my, you know, I'm just, just going to check them all. Listen, do the research, find out about these people. You may not want them in the, let me tell you, judge, what's his name? Judge, judge Jenkins. I need him to be governor. I need him to stop playing. Judge Jenkins needs to run for governor. I need him to be governor for real. he be up on it. And then he walked up to the podium with his black lives matter mask on. (laughs) Unapologetic. And he always kicks against the bricks. Every time Governor Abbott say, uh, well, I don't think we need to do that. He said, as for me in the city of Dallas, <laughs> you ain't doing that. we will, <laughs> we will be on shutdown. We will be at 30%. We will require masks. We will. I mean, 
we he gives us leadership right and i can't wait i i didn't see his name on the ballot. i don't think it's at this uh at this election but i can't wait to get our mayor out of plano that dude mm. is a clown anytime you hide out in your governor's mansion and all the other judges are all on tv standing out trying to give instruction and leadership and he's talking about like well you know like my kids came home from college so like so we just gonna stay here in the honeycomb hideout wow. dude you a leader get your behind out there and lead well we well, see that you point to something though that's crucial and that is this um first of all leadership never exists in a vacuum it always has to when you see true leadership good leadership it's outside of the norm it's outside of the vacuum it's outside of what you would think it is prime example trump is doing all he can to make sure people don't wear masks people don't adhere to um the cdc they don't listen to fauci and who lee who steps up to the plate cuomo and cuomo's going no that's not how it handles now but why is that first of all because Cuomo's on the front lines. He's seeing what's the devastation. He's seeing the, the real numbers. He's seeing what's happening out here in real time. And he's not lying to his people about the facts. Whereas you juxtapose that against what Trump did. Well, we needed, I didn't want to panic. I didn't want, you know, I like to keep it, play it down. I like to, you know, and then the reality is you're doing what you always did. You're, you're a liar. And so, as such, you've not equipped the the country to deal with any of this. And go ahead. I was just gonna say this. You know, you said something a minute ago that really caught my attention. Both of you actually said it because you said, um, "This has revealed who your, you know, the heart of some of your friends and how they feel." And yeah, I consider them friends, but we we you know. I'm looking at them a little differently. Well, I'm going to tell you, I'm different in that. Because some of these people who have been revealed to me, I don't know how we go forward as friends. I don't know. I, don't, I really don't know. Because for me, when I call you my friend, I'm not saying we have to agree on everything. But we got to agree on the foundational things. Mm-hmm. We got to agree that Black Lives Matter. We got to agree that racism is bad. We got to agree that lying is bad. And we got to agree that you can't be running around grabbing women in the poom poom. If we can't agree on those things, probably not going to be friends. And see, those things are all wrapped up in the Trump. And so if you say to me, uh, well, man, I'm supporting this guy because of Israel, and you're hiding behind Israel and abortion and and um, what you said a minute ago, Shake. Um, pro-life. Pro-life and stuff like that. I don't know how we're going to go forward because we we're, we don't have anything in common. Mm-hmm. You're saying, well, we got Jesus. I don't serve the same Jesus you serve. <laughs> man, you got two different Jesuses. I got loves everybody and he's trying to help everybody and he's compassionate toward everybody. I'm going to reveal something that I didn't plan on revealing this, uh, but I'm going to reveal it. And I think my wife would would, would be okay with it. We have a, we have a Bible study that my family, we do on every Sunday morning. And my daughter said something to us yesterday that blew our minds. 
She said, I want to help young kids who are struggling um, with coming out to their parents. And I said, wow, that really? She said, yeah. She said, because just because you feel different doesn't mean you have to be ostracized from society. She said, I'm not saying I agree with what they're saying. And I'm not saying I even agree with the lifestyle, but I am saying that ain't the answer. Well, that's an 11 year old child who could process that the church's mindset toward ostracization of homosexual or people who practice in the act of homosexuality, their mindset and their hardcore stance against it is not the way to help these people or people that feel like they are caught in that lifestyle. That's not the way. And I'm and I say caught in the sense of not like a trap or anything like that, but you just feel a leaning toward that. Mm-hmm. Or whatever that case may be. So if an eleven year old can process that, why what's wrong with the church? What's wrong with us? What's wrong with society not being able to process the other normal things that have become our new normal? Why can't we sit down together? You know, I've heard people eviscerating Ice Cube. I mean, eviscerating this brother. And I'm going, so my so my track record don't mean nothing? Nope. Y'all know me. I'm the listen, I was saying F the police before all you fools. Yeah, he was. When none of y'all was a, when none of y'all when none of y'all would acknowledge it on you know on on radio, on mm-hmm. on an album. I me, I wrote those lyrics. I brought that to Easy and Dr. Dre and said, "F the police, coming straight from the underground." Right, right. <laughs> a young brother got it bad because I'm brown. That I did sense. that first, so mm-hmm. all of a sudden he's a sellout. I I don't understand people who can't come to the conversation rationally. Now I did hear one rational argument from uh, Ebro in the morning on Hot 97, and he said, "You know, well, I think it was just the timing of it." And I and 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 I understand what he's trying to say, the timing and then giving the information to the quote unquote enemy, that that part was a little strange. But at the same time, I also understand what Cube is saying in that we need people who are going to sit at the table who are rational thinkers. And guess what? Let's keep it a buck. Some of these people are not Democrats. Yeah, but 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 ain't none of them Republicans. Come on yeah, now, let's be real. Look, see, see, if you, I, I, I would, I would agree with you, if it was anybody but Trump. I'm right, and that's what Ebro's point was. If, if this was a normal, what we call normal, I don't know how you call it normal. Right. But, right. but if it wasn't Trump, then, then I think everybody else would have been okay. But it was, and that's why it came off a little. And so maybe that part was the misstep. So I'll give I'll give everybody credit for that part, but just to rate them to the point where you're like, listen, we're trying to cancel everybody, but even the ones that are on our side. But I here's, don't that part. here's the thing: I, I see. I agree with you. I'm, I'm gonna back up because I I stated like I said earlier. I talked about my friend who is a hardcore ride die Trumpian, right? And I did not know that. You know what I'm saying? I didn't. We've been friends for 30 years. Right. I haven't spoke to him in two or three years, and then all of a sudden he reveals. 
you know, he agrees with this and he agrees with that and he agrees with this. And I'm going, then how do you, how do you, how do you call yourself my friend when you know how, what he stands for in the face of me and my people? Yeah. So to me, it's like literally saying, I'm a true American, but I'm going to go, first of all, I love America, but I murdered all these Indians. I love America, but I murdered all these Mexicans. I love America, but I've got black slaves. I love America. I'm a, not America, I'm a Christian. Yeah. And, and I've done all this stuff. I'm a Christian and I hate homosexuality because it's against God, but I'm a thief. You know what I'm saying? I'm a Christian and I, I love the Lord, but I've got two or three kids out of wedlock. I'm a Christian and I love the Lord, but I can't wait to be this racist. You know what I'm saying? I, can, I can't squelch my tongue as far as how I feel about other people or right. I'm a classist. Or, so it's, it's all these things that don't line up. And with the situation with Cube, Here's where it strikes, strikes me. It always hits me is I just don't like when our people become the last bastion of salvation for racism because that's what it appears. Here's a guy who's been a racist his entire career, his entire life. Nothing's ever changed. Now all of a sudden he's got a plan for black people and we get somebody that jumps in and goes, yeah, man, he's got a plan and I'm gonna help him with it. No, nah, man, it's the okie doke. If anything, if anything, wait till after the election. Yeah, for real. For real. If, if you got a plan, present it after the election and then present it to who can do something about it. Because I guarantee you, man, if Trump's reelected, Cube's meeting with him won't mean shit. Nothing. Because it's like he never existed. Right. No, you're absolutely right. And then, and that and that's why I think they people have come after him. So I, I that like I said, that was the misstep for sure. You don't this dude ain't rational. He's not reasonable. You can't negotiate with a with a terrorist. And he's and this is a guy that's a domestic terrorist, for sure. So I that if if anything, I would say cube back off that part. But but canceling him? No. Come on now. That's ice cube. I'm sorry. Well, I see you've done more for black people in this in this country than 75, 80% of, of the artists that ever existed. Mm. So no, I'm not counseling Cook Cube. Not gonna stop rocking with uh death certificate. No, that's just that album still gets playing my ride. Sorry. The well, you know, you you said let me reflect back to what you said previously when you said that uh talking about politics, um I was, I, you or Uncle Noah is talking about politics and your friends. Now I understand. I understand why we always say in the workplace we don't discuss politics. Yeah. So then you end up working 5, 10, 20 years with somebody and you don't even know who you're working with because the rule of thumb is not to discuss politics. But now, my uh, 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 as the songwriter said, I can see clearly now the rain is gone. Yeah, Which I he, see. He I see you. I mean, I, and, and some of the I see you to me is because in in the let me just say in certain churches, I'll just leave it at that. That 
they try to teach Christians um, that we don't have color. You know, there's no color. Uh, I get it because we're all one in Christ Jesus. I understand that. But it's like whenever don't acknowledge your blackness, you know, because, you know, we're all the same. Like, in other words, we're not going to deal with any of the issues of individual, uh, you know, uh, Hispanic issues, black issues. We're not going to deal with any of those issues because we're all one. Uh, but, and- but, but Kiana, I'm going to tell you something. I'm sick of this utopian thought process <laughs> in Christianity that we all just going to grab our hands and sing Kumbaya and all of the problems of the world go away or we're going to lock ourselves in this Christian bubble and never deal with anything. That's how things like Elijah McClain and Trayvon Martin and Amari, Ahmaud Arbery and Breonna Taylor get missed because we want to, we don't want to deal with truth. And I'm sick of that. So I've made it my mindset to do this. I ain't rocking with no people that ain't rocking with my people. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. There you go. Well, here's the other thing. Here's, Here, here's the other way too. It's like, you, you think you look at the church and here's how I, here's how I there's, there's three things that happen when you're a black worship leader in an all white church. One is you get to observe the real nature of the church. So I'm in I'm in a I'm a, in the last what 10, 20 years I've been in predominantly white churches, and several things happen. One is there is no black history celebration. There's no black history information. There's no black history impartation, and there's no honoring of black history. That month just is just February. But then the other thing that happens is I've watched it over and over again. These same churches who love love their brother and don't see color, mm-hmm. let them bring home a brother that's going to marry their daughter. <laughs> and you get to see the real deal. Now, hold on, because I'm going to lay out something for you. Uh-oh. We served as... Uh, in, a, in a predominantly black church, and there right. was no black history. Right. Was no celebration of black, right. um, black history month. It was just February. Right. And come home. And I mean, it's, it, listen. When you when you are choosing to be blind, yeah. In today's society, and choosing this because you choose this path. Yeah. You you, you choose it. You're saying I'm uh, no, we're we're all one. We're this. no. Let me tell you something. We will never be one until we understand the differences that lie within us. Right. Because there are differences, and that's okay. Because because it's almost like you're saying, well, the differences are are just a little mistake that God made, but now He's bringing us all back together. No. We were made different because that's how God wanted us. And let's understand those differences so we can come together. But I'm telling you, I've made it my mindset now. I'm not rocking with people that ain't rocking with my people. It's that simple. Well, uh, and, I'm, and I'm just not playing that game with people anymore. I'm not. I'm just not doing it. Uncle Shake said, uh, uh, you know, in his experience that, you know, hmm. let 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 that uh, let the church that says we're all brethren and then uh, a black dude come in there supposed to be wanting to marry one of their daughters, right? He's going to marry Becky. In our, oh, exper- in our experience, uh, if you brought a person in, uh, okay, if you if, if it's predominantly black church and then you brought a white person in, then you're celebrated. Mm. 
celebrate yeah. just just the opposite right Lloyd? yeah absolutely you brought down front you practically a show pony Oh, absolutely. Because now, now, see, this is what we're talking about. That's right. Families together, and it's unified. It's black and it's white. Isn't that what we're supposed to be? Mango. (laughs) (laughs) Mango. (laughs) She missed me with that. Missed me with that. Now, if their love is genuine, I'm with their love. If their love is genuine. I'm with their love. If their if their if their if their commitment to one another is rooted simply in love, I'm with that. But if their commitment ignores the fact that one of them is black and one of them is white, y'all gonna have some real problems. Because well, they're raised black children. That's right. Yeah. No yeah. matter who is white in this relationship, y'all raising black children in a in a racist society. And if you don't prepare those black children. For what they're about to encounter, and you don't, and you're not prepared for what you're about to encounter, y'all not gonna make it. You better prepare them. I got five nieces by my brother, the Rolling Stone. Five nieces by oh, five, you know, different white women. Wow. And I'm saying the struggle beautiful. is real. Beautiful. All of them are beautiful. They're all beautiful. I love my nieces. And not because they mix, they just and, beautiful. But I'm saying it's even it harder. It <laughs> it's even harder for them because it's they struggle hard. with. They got the black people saying they're not black enough. They got the white people saying they're not white enough. And then you know, and then when it comes to picking out the race on the application, there's not a selection for somebody who's both. Uh, uh, uh what, except at the bottom where it says where you don't want to answer. <laughs> You know, with the selection where well, you don't have your option is not on the of the choices. Well, ever since 1857, if they had 10 percent black blood in them, they black. Then you just got to check black. But see, but but see, now they're trying to, you know what I'm saying? It, it's 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 hard for for them across the board, doubly hard. So, I mean, we're we're raising these children, the children, uh, we, we got to educate them and let them know what they're dealing with. From both sides, but then I, I I just can't imagine what they you know what their mothers are going through because I know their father gonna tell it like it is. I'm I'm gonna tell you this. I I one of the things that this this whole year has done for me, uh, it has forced me to have some real stronger conversations that I probably had anticipated having with my children, like. You want, you, you, as parents, we want to shield our kids from as much as we can. But the reality is today's society and today's normal just will not allow that to be. Right. It will not. Be- between the internet and uh, the access of good information and Google and stuff like that, and then just regular 24-hour news cycles and access to information overload, you mm-hmm. cannot raise your kids like they're in 1970 or 1980 or even 1990. It is, this is our new normal. And so we've got to have tough conversations and we're going to have them have to have them a lot earlier than we anticipated having. But I appreciate that because now I'm crafting a human being uh, or with the help of the good Lord, we're crafting a human being that can function properly 
And I think the new normal is going to come with a redefining of society because now my expectations of things have dramatically shifted. And now I'm going to put a more of a demand on the places that I believe should be serving people in a greater capacity. Uh, us as, as media, I'm going to put a more of a demand on us. Social social media, more of a demand there. The church, so more demand there. Just wherever people should be helping, should be serving. I'm going, I'm not afraid now to step up and say, we got to do better than this. We got to do better than this. And I've, I'm here for the long haul now. I'm here for the long haul. So as we close out this last few minutes, guys, I want to hear what do you, what changes are you making in this new normal? What change do you see yourself making in this new normal? Well, you know, we often say, man, we need to expose the elephant in the room. But the truth of the matter is, it's not an a elephant. It's a herd. There's a bunch of elephants in the room. Yeah, yeah. And one of them is, <clears throat> I, I'll say this. I'm, I am by no means no stretch of the imagination, a gun advocate. But I have a neighbor that told me to my face when I accidentally saw his arsenal. I'm preparing for people like you. Oh. He's a neighbor? My neighbor. Wow. And he, when I tell you he's got everything you can think of, he's got everything you can think of. Mm. And I had nothing. Because my, my, my thought process most of my life, I did on a Glock years ago. Uh, I had to go through this because of the job I was in. Uh, pastors, preachers, ministers were being attacked quite a bit. And, so, and then also you had a lot of shootings at one point that were taking place in the church. People were literally walking in the church, shooting people. So... And then, of course, it hit its peak when the when the guy in um, Georgia killed all those black parishioners at that Methodist church. Right. Um, if I can think of his name. Um, but anyway, it's forced me to... South Carolina. South Carolina. South Carolina, yeah. Was that Dylan Roof? Dylan Roof, yeah. It's forced me to rethink protecting my family. Right. Not... You know, I don't have a desire to walk around Walmart with a gun. I don't have a desire to have one on me at all times. None of that. And I'm certainly not an advocate of owning Uzis and all of that stuff. But you better believe I got to look at my household and go, you step off in here, there's going to be some answers for you. Right. Because the, the, the new norm is that, especially since COVID-19, there's been a 130% spike in gun sales since COVID-19. Yeah. And there are people around you that you're not even paying attention, not even noticing. They're preparing for a war. And the, the, the issue is they're not preparing for a war that they're going to, somebody's bringing it to them. They're coming to you. Yeah. And that, that's their, their plan. Is to come to you. Those guys that kidnapped that ju uh, um, um, mayor, or tried to, yeah, was to, yeah, tried to kidnap tried that mayor, to, yeah. the governor, yeah, yeah. Their plan was to bring it to the mayor. Yeah, 
It, you know, the mayor wasn't going to come in their neighborhood and she happened to be there and then this went down. No, no, no. We're taking this violence. We're taking this action to these people. Right. And the same thing is is, is starting to uh, precipitate itself on America as far as black society. There's a war coming. And you either, oh, well, I was a statistic because I didn't do anything to protect my home or... You know, you you can make a stand. And again, I'm not a gun advocate, but I'm going to protect my house. All right. Ms. Noyes. Wow. What are your thoughts? What are, your, what are you going to be doing different in this new normal? Uh, I'm trying to keep up with all the new normals. They seem like it. They uh the, the list keeps uh, growing. Um, I I try to, it's like jumping out of the car. You say, I'm going to go in the store real quick. And you go, oh, snap, let me go back to the car. I can't go in the store without my mask. Right. So I try to make sure, uh, 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 we try to make sure we're stocked with masks and, and gloves and um, and the wisdom to help our kids to understand where we are yeah um keep god first to keep us covered and give us instruction and continue to move forward to the best of our ability no i think that's i think that's it and i, I think both of you make solid incredible points i think you're, you're both right um, and I think that's a part of what we need to do to, to, to be prepared. Um, the reason why you're all listening, thank you, noisemakers. I hope you guys are just having an incredible time in the comments. I can't wait to read them uh, yeah. later on today uh, just to see what your thoughts have been about all the stuff we shared here. One of the things, unfortunately, that has happened in these last 10 months is that COVID-19 has, has rampaged our uh, country. And many of you are experiencing a new, a different type of new normal uh, in the loss of a loved one, uh, a friend, a family member. Uh, Uncle Noy just talked about his nephew. I think it was a nephew and a niece, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tyrone was three weeks ago. Yeah. My niece was four months ago. Yeah. So, I mean, we're all experiencing different things that have happened in this year. But some of us have also uh, lost under more traditional settings. Uh, we have a cousin, shout out to our cousin, uh, who we just love dearly, uh, Celia, who lost her husband earlier this year uh, to a battle of cancer and uh, others who have lost loved ones. And then of course, every, all the noisemakers, you are familiar with uh, the loss of our fathers uh, last weekend. Um, it was just, a uh, an unbelievable weekend, <laughs> to say the least, in, in the span of 24 hours. Uh, my father, in love, I never call him in law, but in love, uh, Command Sergeant Major James Burton Clark uh, went on to be with the Lord after a battle with some things. And then, of course, my father uh, woke up the next morning, had a massive heart attack, and, and passed on as well. And so we, we just have... Uh, a new normal that we didn't expect, a lot of us. And I and, and that hit me this morning as I prepared to lay my father to rest. 
Um, I'm not the only one in society today that's hurting. Uh, I'm not the only one today that's got to say goodbye to somebody. And uh, I know how tough it is for everybody. And uh, I just want to let you all know that you are in my prayers, that you are in my thoughts, that I feel your pain. Um, it's been tough for all of us. And I'm praying for each and every one of you. Uh, Shake, I, I, man, I know the loss that you've experienced this year. Uh, and I'm praying for you, brother. You know that you and I have talked offline. But, uh, baby, I'm praying for you and lifting you up. And let's just lift each other up. That's one of the things I think as I close out the show today that I want to say to all of us. Let's let 2020 not divide us anymore. But for the real ones, for the real ones, you know who you are, who get it all the way across the board. We're not going to allow anything to separate us, hopefully, anymore. But we're going to try to come together and love each other more, love each other harder, love each other and support each other more than we ever did. And, and we're going to go after every dream that we ever dreamed in our mind. And, and we're going to let the legacy of the people that have left this earth too soon, or at least in our minds too soon, we're going to let that legacy propel us into our own greatness. And then we will celebrate them in a way that honors who they were. And so I say that boldly to say to Command Sergeant Major James Burton Clark and to Reverend Stephen R. Garner that we love you both, we appreciate you both, and we celebrate you and everything that you stood for, everything that you fought for, everything that you wanted to live for and you passed down to us we will not let that die. We love you. Guys, have a wonderful, wonderful day. We out this piece, and we'll see you tomorrow. Man, we sure had a good time today. And we appreciate you joining us for the ride. Tune in every day on the Believe Podcast Network and wherever podcasts can be found, like Spotify, iTunes, and Apple Music, wherever podcasts can be found. Also, you can visit us on Facebook on the Noisemakers page. That's the Noise, N-O-I-Z, Makers page. Or on YouTube on the Noise Media Entertainment channel. N-O-I-Z, Noise Media Entertainment. Well, we'll see you again tomorrow. Until then, keep making noise. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? 
That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.